I'm Liam McClendon and this is Dragonheart. So, today's Dragonheart, Wrexham are three points away from sealing the title. We've got a little bit to talk about. We've got the game against Barnet that happened on the weekend. Uh, we've got the game against uh, Yeovil which happened last night whilst we are doing a very slapdash uh, Dragonheart. Slapdash? <laughs> slapdash is <laughs> With Actually, it's quite special because we have a set of special guest producers from uh, St. Joseph's School. The uh, official school of Wrexham AFC. Oh, we don't like Clare Dog here, that. they might have something to say about it. I don't care about Clare Dog, I don't want Sean Harvey to hear about it, he'll kill me. <laughs> okay, and other than that, <laughs> we also have the, uh, the most important thing that happened at the weekend, the women's team becoming champions of the... the Gennaro second division with its second mm-hmm. league, yeah. whatever we call it. Uh, Mr. Griffiths will. Mr. Griffiths. <laughs> Mr. Griffiths. Mr. Griffiths will uh, right. uh, change change uh, that for us. This is Dragonheart. Didn't introduce us, sir. Mr. Griffiths and uh, Mr. Uh, Long. Mr. Griffiths and Mr. Long. <laughs> <laughs> that is no, quality. We are Mark Griffiths and Bill Long. This is Dragonheart. And Bill Griffiths. Bill Griffiths and Mark Long. Yeah, that sounds good. Yeah. Hi guys, I'm Dominic Bowes and uh, this is Dragonheart. So, I mean, we've got a little bit to talk about with the uh, the Wrexham games. Um, I think we'll start with Barnet. It was a tough yeah. performance that, wasn't it? Well, t- tough match, good mm. performance, I should say, really. Well, it was tough, but like the, the Yeovil game, we dug in and fought in the first half. And then I think we'd probably have taken control of the second, were not for the fact that we had a player sent off. And... It, I think the best you can say is it's a contentious decision. That I don't want to hang the ref out to dry too much, but when I first saw it, I, I felt I could see both sides. And the more I look at it, the more I think, it's not a red card that. Yeah, um, and it's harsh. I'm assuming he's lost his appeal. Yes, he, he did, yeah. yesterday. Yeah. yeah. They appealed on Tuesday afternoon. I always get the excitement of knowing there's an appeal because they asked me to send the clip. They, the disciplinary people want 30 seconds action before and afterwards. To, to see what actually happened leading up and if there's any afters. Mm. Um, so I clipped that on Saturday night, so we were ready to go. But the appeal was Tuesday afternoon, and yeah, they rejected it. Um, I mentioned, I think was it in the podcast, the final whistle podcast, about people, about how the phrasing of the referee's report can mean that you can win the appeal because they put the wrong thing. Like they said, it was deliberate, but it clearly wasn't deliberate. Mm. But I've since learned from Geraint Parry, who knows everything about all the minutiae of, of disciplinary stuff um, and everything else, that um, that's no longer the case. Uh, I'm not impressed by this. You, you, clubs are no longer allowed to see the referee's reports. You have to go into an appeal blind now. You're not allowed to know what the referee said happened, which is it's almost as absurd. It's something to hide. Well, it? quite. <laughs> it's, it's, it's rather odd ways to do it, isn't it? But, like that made a huge difference to the game. We still fought and we still, you know, posed questions. And their keeper, uh, Laurie Walker, lovely man, <laughs> um, he made three terrific saves. The one from O'Connell, I mean, that, that is no right to make that. And yeah. the one from Palmer was top-notch too. So, you know, to be fair, we could easily have won it. Uh, yeah, I think, um, to be fair to Laurie Walker, if he was your goalkeeper, you'd probably be loving every second of that, wouldn't you? But as as a... An opposition fan that has actually suffered on the on the back of his performance, yeah. uh, both legit the legitimate part of his performance yeah. and the illegitimate part of his performance. 
and the afters. Mm. You know, it was it was a bit disappointing, but he didn't have to do the Twitter thing. He didn't have that, to. That, that was thing, stepping no. too far. Fair enough. If you want to be cute and get a blade from the other side sent off, yeah, I accept your point. Well, uh, um, but I think rubbing it in afterwards was idiotic. A bit silly, wasn't it? And to be fair, yeah. it made him look an idiot because yeah. Ryan Reynolds' response uh, <laughs> just showing him up to be a bit of a, mm-hmm. a numpty, really, didn't it? So, you know, it was one point out of the seven that we needed. There's not really a lot more else you can say about that performance other than it was a, a, a it was a battling second half that I think you're right we'd have seen something pretty similar to the Yeovil game if we'd have had a, a full second half with um, with 11 men and players dug deep the game saving uh, save from Ben Foster towards yeah. the end of the match they missed a couple of clear cut, cut chances that we kind of got away with but. You, you can't complain with a point away uh, mm. against the fifth place team, can you really? No, I mean, no not at all. And Especially not with ten men for most of the game. Uh, and they're, they're, they're a horrible the team. Yeah. A horrible to play yeah. against in terms of their style. And also they're all kicking and scratching and whinging. And the referee <laughs> seemed to be enamoured with their approach. He seemed to be penalising us for you know sort of physical contact. He was lying with them. And I, I generally don't like when people say a ref favours one side or the other. And I'm not at all saying it was deliberate. But his decisions did go their way more than us. Um, so yeah, to get a result like that, I remember Notts County struggled and got a draw there, not so many, not so long ago. Mm. Um, certainly is decent. I thought the other thing to say about it is, like you say, Foster was tremendous. Yeah. Uh, the three centre backs were outstanding. I thought. They, they, I mean, you know, Barnett with an extra man didn't create very much really. You're right, they had the chance that Moyo had. I'd have been fuming if that had gone in and they'd allowed it. Because he was offside. Yeah, and there was a free header that went wide as well. Yeah, that was a good chance, wasn't it? And O'Donnell backed into him a bit. O'Connell, rather. But having said that, he still should have scored. Yeah. Um, But beyond that, we really restricted them. Our centre-backs were magnificent. Tozan, O'Connell and O'Connor, who I don't think we should view as a stand-in centre-back. He's a player who can play centre-back on the field. Yeah, Because he's rock solid at the back. He has been put across the three games. Yeah, and I mean, he, he even sort of played a bit of a hybrid... Uh, left centre back, uh, left back role. Yeah. When we went down to ten yeah. men, where he was sort of covering that half of the, well, that that part of the pitch outside of the twelve yard box, where sort of filling in as a centre back and then drifting wide when he needed to defend. And Elliot Lee sort of playing a, a weird sort of hybrid of a centre midfielder and a left wing back at the same yeah. time. So we we adapted really well. Yeah. Really, really impressive, wasn't it? I thought. And I think I found it interesting that BT Sports said that Cropper, their right wing back, was man of the match. I accept he got a lot of balls into the box, but I don't think that really troubled us that much. I think we were quite happy to allow that by not having two players on him because we were defending the box so well. Yeah. He, he wants to float stuff in the box, we'll head it up to the halfway line. Uh, that was our attitude, I think, and it was it, good. Exactly. If, you, if you're a, a, a right winger... Um, like Trump. Like, tr- <laughs> like Trump, yeah. If you're a right winger like Trump um, and you're coming across... Essentially, you know, I agree with you that we can play O'Connor at centre back very comfortably, but you're essentially playing against two centre midfielders that are covering the centre back and the left wing back role mm. in in a system that dictates that you have to have wing backs to play effectively, and and you don't put in a good performance, then yeah. something's going wrong, really. Absolutely. There, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. So, um, I mean, and then after the game, there was a bit of afters with with Phil Parkinson. I think at the time, I thought, yeah, definite red, but on the on balance afterwards, when you see that the uh, Walker was giving verbals to the away end, and then you actually watch what Parkinson did, 
he only went over to tell him you shouldn't be doing that maybe not in so many words but he was he didn't didn't push didn't shove didn't raise a hand went straight over to clap the fans after after a what 30 seconds tops of verbal i think maybe actually in hindsight a red card was a little bit excessive do you think mm, not really. <laughs> i think it was inevitable he's already been yeah. he was booked during the game for complaining uh, correctly complaining um then he's he's gone right up to the ref on the final whistle and he's jabbing at him the ref must be thinking now like, oh maybe i should send him off here he hasn't done but he's gone straight and had to go at a player yeah i think that yeah i, I mean for me I, 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 all right then i will accept our players and managers held to the same standard in terms of disciplinary decisions but then by the same token it has worse repercussions for a player to get suspended mm. but you know okay so if, if a player did that they'd probably get a ticking off but then maybe you could argue that you know it's rare to see a manager go at another side's players and i don't know i mean <laughs> it's 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 one of those as they say isn't it but i think having gone at the ref and been lucky to be let off for that going at the keeper as well well the keeper's provocative barnett were provocative let's be honest mm. and and they they set out to play that style and and kind of succeeded in getting a point against us really didn't yeah. they you know you can't really argue with tactics when they when they work unfortunately yeah. it's not it's not how i'd like my team to play football but mm. at the same time if you're a manager and you're trying to get your team promoted through the playoffs like barnet art you've got to you've got to do everything it's, it's the dark arts as they call it you're trying to get every um make every bit of ground that you possibly can fair enough if that's how you choose to do it if it works yeah, they got a point out of it against a good team. Yeah. Teams like Woking didn't get a point out of us at all. We were around them. Yeah. So, yeah. Don't like them, though. Don't want to no. do it. <laughs> Depressing if they went up. Good Lord. Uh, so, you know, the Football League got their hands full with them because they're difficult to deal with off mm. the pitch as well. So, uh, the Football League would not be abused. No, no, definitely not. Um, I think there's, there's not really a lot else to cover with with Barnet. And the shirts are nice. The colours nice. The you like orange. And I yeah. I like orange. I'm sitting on an orange <laughs> chair. I have no option. Um, I've been. I've become like assimilated to it. But, and I like how the big stand that they have. Because their ground's quite weird. But the big stand that they have has got that weird orange glass at the back. Mm. Uh, quite like that. Yeah. <laughs> the other side's ridiculous. The other stand is 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 like a big conference centre with like four rows of seats in front and the press box is horrible it's mad it's right down pretty much pitch level and when it rains you just get soaked it's really brilliant to have lots of electrical equipment on a <laughs> desk in out in the open in winter i've never been there like the depths of winter i've only been there i've been wet because of spring showers but luckily not a proper downpour but it's just magic all this electrical stuff just could you imagine guys if i just got my water bottle and just started spraying yeah. <laughs> spraying it round all over the place well, I actually and kicked my laptop onto the floor about half an hour ago, but it was that wasn't speed. after the Barnet game, was it? No, 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 no. no. <laughs> yeah, well, it was after the Barnet well, yeah, game, exactly. but I, you know, yeah, it's yeah, distance yeah. now. Yeah. <laughs> um, um, but it was a school laptop, so I don't care. Anyway, Ooh, with that. <laughs> I'm Harry Lennon, and this is Dragon Heart. <laughs> um, on to the, the Yeovil game, because I think they, the, the two games kind of mirror each other, don't they, in a lot of ways. Three very successful points last night. How did you rate the performance overall? Good. 
yeah. not much of a podcast. No, sir. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was really pleased. Um, I've never, ever, ever that I can recall had so many people come up to me in the lead up to the game the sort of day before. Um, well, going back to the Sunday as well, going to watch the women's team and have people asking, Will we win on Tuesday? Will we win on Tuesday? And I'm like, well, you know, I'm not Nostradamus, I don't know. Um, <laughs> but I mean, I. I Mark Stradamus. Mark that's <laughs> yeah. absolutely right, yeah, yeah. I, um, I just. As people were anxious, really anxious mm-hmm. about what was going to happen. And I can understand that, but it was brilliant to me and really stood out that the crowd didn't allow that to affect them at all. When, when everybody was edgy beforehand, but once everyone got in the ground, they roused. I mean, it was a brilliant move, I think, playing the the, the Michael Henny song, to pronounce his name correctly, yeah. and that, that got the crowd bouncing, and then playing uh, Declan Swans, and um, you know that all really got the crowd going. Yeah, I've, I've been I've been and critical of the of the the music in the past, but I think actually it was really effective. That was good, wasn't that, it yeah, because yeah. it was Wrexham specific, wasn't it? Yeah. Can, and the fans were getting stuck into it. The Wrexham City brass bands played before then. It was hard to hear it from my side of the ground, but they will have helped a bit as well. Yeah, um, you know, in some parts of the ground where they can hear them properly, and that was really good because that the crowd were going. And when Wrexham had rough periods, and we did in the first half, crowd, the crowd just stuck behind them. There was no edginess, there was no uh, moaning because we passed it backwards. They were just, and the, mo- and the best noise in the first half was when we were having those rough periods because they were just right behind them. And the crowd were just outstanding, I thought. I, I thought it was, it was quite interesting. So I, I sat in the Yale stand above the away fans. My, my season ticket's behind the goal, but I got a ticket for my missus and my auntie. Um, my auntie sat where I usually sit and I sat with Mrs. Above the away fans and it just goes to show how spoiled she's been for atmosphere over the last two years when she's been coming that she said it was always a little bit quiet at times wasn't it <laughs> yesterday but yeah, yeah quiet compared to uh, some of the games post-covid mm. but certainly not <laughs> certainly mm. not pre-covid and pre-takeover yeah, um, yeah I, I, what really impressed me from the way that we played was that it was quite obvious they'd come to try and spoil the party. They weren't really interested in attacking us, and rightly so. You know, they're in. I, they got at us, but they weren't throwing bodies forward. Is what mm. I yeah, m- yeah. is maybe a better way of putting it. I felt like they were trying to to agitate us, slow play down. Even in the first half, they were, you know, they were going down and taking ages to get off the pitch and. Okay, granted they did have an injury, but even when they weren't injured, players were taking that extra minute longer than they probably should have to get up. They were quite physical, but we responded really well. It was a, it was a really, really technically physical performance by us. Mm. One one thing that really stood out for me as well was uh, Toza when he was being chased by a, an attacker. I can't remember who it was for them. Ran ahead and then slowed down and nudged nudged into the the player with his back, and it wasn't anything illegal, but it was very much a I'm here. You're not, you're not yeah, getting past yeah. me sort of thing. Yeah. Passed it back to Ben Foster and we recycled the ball and I think we just let them know, yeah, you can be physical, you can be cynical with us, but we're just as capable of doing that and are technical as well. Yeah. There's a little bit like Che quite often uses this uh, analogy that when people ask him about technique in a street fight, you know, because he used to do MMA and we've both done jiu-jitsu and people will say to him, yeah, but what if I try and poke you in the eye? It's like, okay, but we're in a street fight. I can poke you in the eye as well, and also do everything else that I can do. <laughs> so, 
it, it felt a little bit like that. Like we can do the dark arts, but we can also mm. pass the ball around nicely. Um, midfield a little bit disjointed in the first half. Do you think that's fair to say? No, I, I, I think I see it slightly differently. I thought they did come at us a bit in the first half, but you know, I'll be blunt, they're not very good. Yeah, I think that's But they're still fair. professional footballers and they can play and they got good rotations going in midfield, I thought, uh, in the first half. And they were, uh, their build-up play was quite good, but there, were, there wasn't much stress hmm. on our goal because our defence is solid and they're not that good. And the guy you're talking about, the striker, the, with a forgettable name, Griffiths, <laughs> um, he's, he, he completely turned the game for him on Saturday. He, he tore Solihull's defence apart. Yeah. And like you said, up against the physicality of Tozer and O'Connell, as well as their technique, he didn't get a, a he didn't get a look in. He mm. absolutely didn't get a look in. Um, but I thought, yeah, I, I thought we were okay. We didn't quite get the rhythm going. But all right, now looking back at it, well, okay, no, let's put it this way. During the game, the logical part of my brain said, "This is fine. They're coming at us. They're having quite a bit of the ball. That's all right. Let them do it. It's okay because we will score." And then once we score, this is a different game, and we will score because we are good and they are not. And we always score. 46 games in a row at home we've scored and now a club record by miles. Last time we failed to score was against Yeovil a year last November at home. And that was only because McElindon got a joke red card in the first half, so we were unable to get at them properly. So, yeah, I just, I just, my, the logical part of my brain is saying, this is fine. But the emotional part of my brain was saying, the score for good stuff! It's all going to go wrong against the bunch of goons! This is ridiculous! So I was relieved when Ford scored. And it was lovely to see him score because he's, he's out of position. And I, I thought being on the wrong side didn't help him. And I think maybe that affected our flow a little bit. Yeah, there was times know? he got into some quite good positions mm. and, and I had to take it onto his right foot, which isn't his fault. He's played yeah. on his weak side as a, as a third choice left back, you know. He's a good. He's a, he's got a decent left foot as well, but yeah. I felt there were points where he could have threaded passes down the line that I think he'd have done without thinking with his right foot, but he didn't trust his left foot. It's it's uh, that uh, half a second thinking yeah, time that you yeah. need when you're not on your natural side, exactly, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. And so and so, I was pleased that when we came out for the second half, it felt like we we set ourselves a bit, and that he was instead of staying wise and trying to almost do a Mendy role but on the wrong side. He was cutting in a lot more, got his goal from doing that. Because if you look back at the first half, he didn't do that all that mm. much. Yeah. Uh, you know, you, you think about, I, I, I've been struck since Parkinson took over by the, the sort of balance he tries to create with wing backs. I remember watching a pre-season game last year and looking at how he had um, record bombing up and down. But then Reese Hall Johnson coming inside a bit more. Mm. And it was that sort of, um, what's the word, asymmetrical way that we played with the wing-backs. And then it's the same here, isn't it? You almost felt like Ford was trying to re replicate what we often have, where you've got Mendy driving up the line. Mendy will come inside, but he, he often goes around the outside and mm. um, to facilitate Lee coming inside him. And then on the other side, you've got Ford who likes to come in, let James Jones do his, uh, you know, sort of, Labrador running around the back, never stop running thing. He has no off switch, James Jones. No, um, no, certainly doesn't. And and it felt like you were doing it, and then a half time pass and said, you know what, Anthony, it doesn't matter that everything's coming inside the same way. Cut in, yeah. Cut in, get in your strong foot, play your game, and then 
when he did that, he had next week the reward for it, half, I thought. Yeah. Plus, Barnet is perfectly happy just doing the straight line job, but we just switch her over, go around the outside, stick crosses. And that's well, his, I, that's I his was thing, isn't it? really, really lucky to to have Ryan Barnett's cross for. Was it the second or third goal that he crossed it in for? Third. third? To, to see what he did right straight in front of me. Because I don't usually sit on the side of the pitch. I'm usually behind the goal. Um, you know, when we do the commentary, we're, we're wherever, aren't we? But it's uh, <laughs> it's it never see it that close up because I was right on the corner to see mm. that ball whipped in you know fair play uh, he's so rapid as well isn't he he's, he's good ridiculous. Yeah. yeah he's almost as quick as me <laughs> they don't call you quicksilver for no reason do they just jump up they just call me silver now <laughs> <laughs> um yeah it's <laughs> second goal I mean the place erupted after the first goal didn't it second goal third goal go in and mm. and we're laughing and you know, we're quite short on time today, so we could go on and on more about these other aspects, but it sets it up nicely for Saturday, doesn't it? Yeah, I suppose. <laughs> yes, massively. I mean, goodness me, what a game that is. But then, it's, you know, we do get a second bite if we, if we need it. I don't want us to need it. I, I think, yeah, we were a bit... Um, I think everyone was a bit cautious after that draw with Barnet because you look at seven points from four... <laughs> that looks very good six points from three looks like work mm-hmm. but doable but looks like work yeah. now three points from two mm. obviously we want to get them on saturday but we do have a little bit of a safety net with Torquay yeah. uh on the last game of the season mm. it's not looking good for them they lost to no. chesterfield 3-0 last night mm. so maybe they may already be defeated by the time we yeah, get to play them yeah, yeah. could be down if they don't win on saturday at all to them, the best they can hope for is that if the teams above them lose, then they'll be level on goal difference. That's the best they can do. They can't get higher than the teams above on points. So, so I mean, I think, I think without wanting to get too far ahead of myself, it's setting itself up really nicely. Mm. Boreham would are going to be a tough task, but I think yeah. that way we play, where we grind teams down for a half, we try and nick a goal when we can. But you know, it's it's yeah. it's we, we go at teams in the second half. Now at this point in the season when everyone's knackered, it works really well for us, doesn't it? Yeah, absolutely. I need to say one final thing about that Yeovil game, which is that Charlie Day, the original <laughs> wild card, was at the game <laughs> and Caitlin Olsen was. And Che, Neil and I sat and, and Glenn, like, Glenn Howerton was as well. Was he? I he didn't was, see him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've seen a him in the stands, yeah. Oh, right, I didn't see him. Oops. And we stood at the side of the pitch like sad little fanboys, Che and I. Neil doesn't know who they are, but he just stood there anyway for solidarity. <laughs> and we stood there for about five minutes and then thought, we have to go now, don't we? And we yeah, walked off. Yeah, yeah. Well, Humphrey Carr came over to have a chat with us. Nice, That's yeah. A nice man. And spoke of our greatness. <laughs> well, Captain Whitchurch waits for no man, does he? So, uh, <laughs> absolutely right. <laughs> we should probably start talking about the women's team in a moment. We should, I we? think we should, yeah. So yeah. after this, we're going to talk about uh, our legendary women's team. I'm Aaron Hayden, and this is Dragon Hearts. So, uh, the more important of the of the three games, which is kind of mad considering the stakes for both the men's and the women's team, was the the women's playoff against Britain Ferry, which Mark you commentated on. Yeah, it was brilliant. It was exhausting. I love commentating standing up, and normally you can't because there's people behind you. So I went to this game, it's a gantry, 
S4C wouldn't let us have chairs. I'm not happy with S4C. <laughs> uh, may not call, may not be the place to say this, but I will at some point in the future. So I had to stand up for both games, and I thought this was great until I realised at the end I'm old now, and my legs have been killing me all week. <laughs> but um, two superb games, and I mean to, to mention first, the under 19s lost the under 19s women's Welsh Cup final to Cardiff City. They were outstanding because five or six of their regulars were in the first team. I mean, I've got to say, thank you, FA of Wales, you know. Oh, how could we tell that the, the Wrexham team would get into the final and be totally disadvantaged for the double header? Well, maybe because they got to the final last year. But no, no, they make a double header. So they immediately have lost half their first team. They secondly have a very young side. And thirdly, when the top scorer is kicked out of the game, the referee didn't take enough action over that, I felt. Um, we only have three subs, a goalkeeper, and two defenders on the bench because our squad is so, so yeah. weakened. And they're much younger than Cardiff, who have a lot of money put in for years on their development, and we're a really good team. And we were highly competitive, lost 2 0, no mill at half time. We'd had the better chances. It was a superb performance. I mean, absolutely superb. I, was, I, I, I can't praise them enough. And they, you look at them as the players coming through into the senior ranks wow yeah utterly brilliant utterly real brilliant. potential there isn't there yeah. and I, I mean i i get it i can see the 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 faw are trying to probably grow the, the women's game it seems a more attractive prospect if there's two finals on on the same day i don't necessarily agree i'm just saying mm. you know that i can, oh, I can yeah, yeah. sort yeah. of see the logic but yeah. when the game's growing and it's not quite there yet in terms of the talent pool Surely they've got to be aware that a lot of teams will have crossover mm. between their under-19s and their and their full team, you know, because the, the women's game is so young, especially in Wales. Never mind the, the world. Yeah. Uh, it's not young. It obviously has been going as long as the men's, but in terms of the modern sort of women's game, the the, the mm. from where you'd say it is now, a lot of the the better talent is going to be in the younger age age groups, isn't it? You know, these girls that have been playing for their entire lives rather than being forced to play rounders and netball until they turn 16 and then have to go out of their way to find a team that will either accept them to play with the lads or, or there are an actual women's team. It's, a lot's changed, hasn't it? So it's you, slightly I, I, disappointing, really. Because it does make me angry, this, and I, I feel, and this is a rant I will definitely make at a future Dragon Rounds. Um, the Welsh FA, I, I don't think, are doing a good job of developing women's football, and this is an example of it. Imagine if the English FA said, we'll play a double header. FA Cup final and then the last day of the Premiership. It'd be uproar. Yeah. Absolute bull, that is. Yeah. How can you justify that? The Welsh youth final was turned into a huge mismatch. And it, the reason it wasn't a mismatch was because our side were utterly, utterly outstanding. We had a 15-year-old at the back, and Burnham, I've forgotten her first name now, I feel bad. And she was flaming brilliant. I mean, she, mm. she was so calm on the ball. It was real technique and quality and reading of the game but um and she's like she's a five years younger than after cardiff team yeah you know i mean I'm, they were they were brilliant but it should have been it was a mismatch which we turned into something else through excellence and the senior team boom yeah fantastic learning curve for those we're getting our marching orders in a sec yeah, second i reckon we've probably still got a couple more minutes before they actually start wandering and you know well <laughs> Well, well, we'll we'll get on to the women's game final then. Uh, an absolutely 
brilliant performance by the the women's team. Mm. Del Morgan, super Del Morgan in goal. She was unreal, wasn't she? She was absolutely yeah. phenomenal, and a, a overall a fantastic performance by the team. That Britain fairly is good. I really good, and it's ludicrous. You look at the way they played and the way Connors P played against us. That there's only eight teams in the top five. Ludicrous. Yeah. But you know that was a real mixture of quality and heart because Britain fairly, I would say, did have slightly the better of the game. I would say, mm. but Morgan was brilliant. The defence were, were terrific. Um, I thought TJ Dickens in midfield, jeez, was just winning everything, doing a brilliant job getting the ball moving as well. And then out on the flanks, you know, I mean, Lightfoot causes teams problems, Rosie Hughes causes problems with their running as well as their finishing. And oh, we, we just played really well and got a massive result for the club and for North Wales women's football because there's only one of the North Wales team in the top flight, which is again a joke. Um, and it's difficult for North Wales teams to get up. If you win the second division, you've still got to play in the playoff. So it's set up to not have North Wales teams in it. Um, and so it's crucial. We'll get in there now. We're semi-pro. We'll keep players that we probably would have lost because at the moment they only get expenses. So now we can actually give them a little bit of money to make it worthwhile. We can tempt players in over the border. It's an immense, immense outcome. The, the back four again were brilliant under intense pressure. Love it. Love it in Davis. Jeez, I would not want to be tackled by them. I, I, oh, gee, they're such hard tacklers. I mean, you can see the wide players going, I'm not fancying this now. I'm yeah, not, so, yeah. not so sure about this now. This ain't so much fun. <laughs> uh, and then Sharp. Um, tremendous. Absolutely tremendous at the back. Bring the ball out really well. And. Uh, Mia Roberts, I mean, what a legend. Neil Roberts' daughter, of course, but I don't want to define her like that. It's just that's part of her heritage. She loves the club. She's a the, lifelong fan. And she, oh, my the, gosh, the she fact, was good. The fact that she's the, the daughter and niece of two yeah. ex-Wrexham players yeah. going on to, to win promotion, who they themselves will have won promotion with Wrexham in the past. Ooh, did Neil Roberts win promotion? That's, we no. haven't got enough time to discuss that, but, but uh, uh, Stephen did, didn't it? Yeah. yeah, Neil didn't. Uh, you know, Fair play to her, keeping on a family legacy there, isn't mm. she? Which is which is great for Wrexham born players. And she had a very good winger up against her, and the winger beat her a couple of times in the first half. And Mia learned from it and read her and just got right on top of her. And she's another one, I and mean, she's such a fighter. That winger by the end was like, yeah. I, don't know. I didn't enjoy that much actually. And she they, she went off, she was a good player, but they took her off because Mia had controlled her brilliantly. Yeah. Yeah, well, I mean. We will have time as the, the season comes to a close to, to, to go into a little bit more depth with, with some of these results that have happened, but we're going to be leaving it there for now. Please make sure that you subscribe to the YouTube channel, find us on Twitter, all that good stuff. Uh, we have been Bill Griffiths and Mark Long. That's, that's yes, pretty much it. That but also it. <laughs> our range of our guest abs- producers. Our absolutely uh, fantastic well. team of producers. Yeah, we, ha- we, we had Josh, and we had Claudius, and we had Gregos, and you had Nancy. And did, you, did you jump in as well? Or? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, super, supervisor. Yeah. That's the most important producer that is. And, they, yeah, and thanks, I know Alex. they've done a brilliant job. <laughs> Good work, Alex. Oh, I didn't say your name, did it then? Um, yeah, absolutely. It's been, a, it's been a great weekend last weekend and Tuesday, and let's hope next weekend's even better. And the big, the big one this weekend, isn't it? Come on, the town. Correct, <laughs> oh, That was a bit uncalled for, wasn't it? This has been Dragonheart. Yes!
I'm Luke Young and this is Dragonheart.